Welcome to Sales Secrets, new shows daily. Subscribe now. Tell us a little bit about your journey. I know you're a best-selling author, but walk us through how you ended up in the field of sales, how you ended up working with sales teams, and what it is that you do today, because I know you and I are going to have a good conversation out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thanks for having me. Humbled, humbled to be here today to share my experience, help everyone listening and tuning in to maximize their sales faster than ever before. But uh, Brandon Bordanson, um, you know, I it all started for for me when I was in grade school, getting made fun of for my family's you know garage sale clothing that they gave me, canned foods, inability to go through the lunch line. Uh, you know, I mean, shit lunch at the elementary school is like three to $5. And, you know, I, I, my family didn't have the means to, I was a, I was a bring my lunch type of guy with the canned food and, um, just always wanted a better life. And throughout kind of growing up, I, I was reading a lot and realized that sales and entrepreneurship was truly the only way to create infinite unlimited outcomes and incomes. So wanted to get into sales at an early age. And at the age of 18, I launched one of my first companies for the poker industry. And because I built a, a list of all the people at colleges, and then I mass emailed that list, built a $12 million company in three and a half years. And then my second company, when I was 21, I launched called InMobile. It failed because I didn't have the list of the people that I needed to sell to. And I lost about four years, went bankrupt. Um, it was brutal going from rags to riches to rags again. So then I decided to quit entrepreneurship and sold for IBM and Google for the next decade. And then when I was selling for them, I realized like, you talk a lot about systems. I realized I need the lists. I need the scripts. I need the systems and training and then built a technology to automate list building and prospecting. And with that technology became a uh, seven figure sales earner millionaire and realized then I wanted to help every single person in the world do the same. So uh, quit my full-time sales gig selling for Google, and then went all in to, to build Seamless.ai, which is the number one sales software to find emails and phone numbers for anyone in the world. And we power, we help over 500,000 sales teams. And um, just recently, the stats, we're on the computer right now, I'm pulling it up. The stats, we've generated... Uh, 13,653,000 appointments, 2.7 million closed one deals, 27.3 billion in sales, nice. and then 13,000 six-figure club winners, 4,000 seven-figure club winners, 468 figure club winners, and two nine-figure sales team club winners. So that's our passion okay. to help everyone generate millions in sales. And then I don't know if you can see this, but I, I actually ship you and print you your own custom president's club awards. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. So um, one question we ask every single guest that we have here, especially somebody with your background, I have an odd feeling. I know what the answer is going to be, but maybe you'll surprise. I don't know. It's where do you see salespeople relying on hope more than they should throughout any portion of their sales process? Given your passion for lead generation, it might fall to the earlier side of the sales process, but maybe I'm wrong. Tell me where you see salespeople really just diving into hope and not getting the results thereafter. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, like, I don't even understand what that means. Uh, you, can't rely <laughs> on hope any, you can't rely on hope for anything in the world. And anyone that's relying on hope at the beginning, the middle, or the end of the sales process 
And actually, I've got this, I've got what I call it, uh, Sean, I call it smoking the hopium. So yeah, yeah anytime, we hear that a lot, actually. <laughs> anytime you're smoking the hopium, praying for a deal to close at the beginning, at the middle, at the end of a sales cycle, you you there's something off with your data, your people, your systems, your processes, your playbooks that you mm-hmm. need to fix. And I believe to, to build a highly predictable, scalable, repeatable sales process, sales system, you really need the list, the scripts, the training, and then the activity. I call it list L, scripts S, uh, T for training, L-S-T-A. So list, scripts, training, and activity so that you're never relying on hope for any part of the sales process. But I would say if I had to like pinpoint it, it would probably be after you give a demo or a proposal mm-hmm. and you're stuck between the demo proposal and close one process. Yep. And it's right in between there. We're like, you haven't heard a yes or a no. You haven't gotten a signature back. You don't know what's going on after you pitch to close one. And the great salespeople know what to say and how to say it and who to figure out, like who's involved in the process, what needs to get done, what do they need to see to say yes, who typically views this, who are the influencers, the budget holders, the sign-off, the decision makers, what do they need to see to say yes? Like there's whole systems, processes, Q&A questions. It's a playbook. It's a bullet, you know, making sure you've got the bulletproof playbook to sell. So yep. that you're never hoping for anything to happen. And so if that, you know, I've, I've suffered there plenty of times myself, Brandon, where I've done that demo that, that I feel like I've got this guy on the hook, this gal on the hook and they say, great, I'm going to bring it to my team. We're going to, you know, show them all the details and then we'll get back to you. And in the early days of my sales career, I would just mark that up as like revenue in the bank. I'd start planning what yeah. I was going to spend that check on. And then the phone wouldn't ring. The email wouldn't come in. I'd have to then restart the entire sales cycle. So I'm I'm curious to know then if this is where you see salespeople relying on hope more than any other area right now, how does it manifest? Because salespeople make the same bloody mistake again and again and again at this particular part of the sales process. And then they blame it on the marketing team. They blame it on the customer, the prospect. Why didn't they get back to me? They promised. They said they were going to get back to me. I'm just taking them at their word. So many things go wrong. Why do salespeople continue to just smoke the hopium at this particular part of their sales cycle? I think it's uh, it's because of one of three things. Knowledge, not having the knowledge to know what is needed to get the deal done across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll talk about that after I go through the other two factors. Uh, it, the second factor, I believe, is fear. So mm-hmm. you may have the knowledge, but you're scared to do the things that you need to do to get the deal across the finish line. You're scared to ask the questions. You're scared to follow up. You're scared to send the text to see the status of the deal. You're scared to reach out to all the different influencers and decision makers on the deal. Like there's a fear component holding you back because everyone like to do anything in life, you need to get the knowledge and then you need to overcome fear and then you need to put in the activity to get there. So I believe it's like one of either knowledge, fear, or activity and action that holds that back. And the reason why people may lack the knowledge is because of fear of asking the right questions. Mm. In any deal, like, you know, when someone tells you something like, okay, I love it. We're going to sign it. I'll get back to you in a week. Like right there, you could either say, okay, yes, that sounds great. Look forward to it. Market is 
verbal closed going to close one next week right or you could say like okay well what's gonna you know didn't you go deep into the questions the discovery to really figure out do you have all the knowledge to really close this deal okay mm. great so what are you gonna do from now in a week from now oh well i gotta talk to some people internally okay who do you need to talk to oh well i need to talk to my cfo i need to talk to my director of sales ops and I need to talk to my CEO. Okay. What do you need to talk to your mm-hmm. CFO about? Like, oh, well, the CFO needs to approve the budget. Okay. When you go, how, how are you going to present this to them as it relates to the budget? What do they typically say when you present this to them? What do they look for? What have they said before in the past when you're presenting solutions like this to them? Are they a pro leverage new solutions, new tech to move the business forward? Are they against it? Are they... Are they about making money or saving money? Are they about, mm-hmm. you know, taking the vitamin or taking the pill to relieve the pain? So asking the really difficult questions to get the knowledge to go where you need it to, to move the deal forward. Because you can put together the action plan. If you ran the right discovery, you've got the right knowledge. I think it's just executing it. So I, I really believe it's, it's a problem with sales discovery and confidence with salespeople to ask the questions that they, they, they need to ask or the questions they don't even know they need to ask, which happens mm-hmm. probably 50% of the time. And this is, it's a little deeper than just proposal turnaround or, or uh, quote turnaround because so many things could go wrong between a verbal yes and getting that document back with the check in the mail. Just getting the, the, the signature on it is one of many, many things that I see fail a lot. And to your point of I need to talk to the CFO, Brandon, I, I, just for myself in sales and training, I've learned over time that if somebody says they need to talk to their CFO, I need to move this thing back a lot earlier in the pipeline than I thought it was. Because if they don't have that ability to make a decision, then I'm probably not talking to at least all of the people, if not definitely not the right person at that time. So I'm, I'm right there with you with the value of this particular stage in the sales cycle, tripping up so many salespeople and trying to figure out, all right, well, I need to build something then that allows me to move through it. So at least I know I have a predictable system to use. I may not be able to close every deal because, again, the CFO may say, no, we don't have the budget now or not until later in the year. So many things could go wrong. But if I begin to learn from what's gone wrong in the past, then I definitely have a way, smarter way, more efficient way to move forward into the future. We are hiring here at Seamless.ai. That is right. We have over 850 positions open right now. Hundreds of SDRs, hundreds of AEs, 50 engineers across every department in the company. We're hiring nearly 850 positions this year. So if you want to work for Seamless.ai, help the world connect opportunity, apply at Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Thanks for joining Sales Secrets. New shows daily. Subscribe now.